Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Julieta Televi, and joining me to take your stock-related questions this evening are Rowan Williams from Nitrogen Fund Managers and Grant Nader from Benguela Global Fund Managers. If you'd like to send questions, please SMS 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za. Grant, Rowan, nice to see you both there this evening. Uh, Grant, if I may start with you, not a bad day for the market overall. The finish was up about a third of a percent, um, and it seemed that there were two notable features of today's trade, namely the retail stocks catching a bit of a break. Uh, in other words, they rallied um, and the gold price going to new record highs, although it did retrace from that. Uh, maybe just firstly, the retailers, anything in particular behind their bounce today? Uh, nothing with specific news. Uh, I mean, we've had this general tailwind of rates that are coming down and that sort of seems to be the co becoming more and more consensus, uh, which is supportive of the outlook for retailers. You've got petrol price cuts coming in um, this Wednesday. You know, so there's, I just think there's a little bit of an undercurrent of positivity that's been, you know, we saw a good month last month, but the, toward the last end of last week, the retailers and the financials came under quite a bit of pressure relative to the miners who were the, you know, as gold was rallying and, and they captured some of the favor of the market. So I think there's a bit of uh, a rebound from that self actually playing out here. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything deeper than that. Mm. Uh, Rowan, and as to the the gold uh, price performance um, and gold shares, gold shares is where you wanted to have had some money this year. And if you hadn't, do you think you've missed the boat? I mean, do you think the the gold price is kind of doing a, like a last parabolic blowout before it all subsides, or do you think this is on course, you know, to the next leg up, seeing as it actually did make a, a new record today? Yeah, I think, I mean, gold's quite a sort of divisive asset. Some people think it's a good store of value, a hedge against inflation, uh, while others think it's uh, very much, uh, yeah, a historic asset and there's uh, better alternatives. I mean, what you do see, Bitcoin also reaching recent highs. Uh, and that's all, I guess, of the excitement of, yeah, the pause and uh, in interest rate hikes and possible uh, rate cuts. So I think it's reached a temporary plateau. Where it goes from here, I think, is dependent sort of on geopolitics and the exact trajectory of um, interest rates. But, uh, you know, $2,100 is very full from, from my perspective. Uh, also, the gold shares, I think, as a result, are also very full. So a reasonable opportunity, if you were lucky or, or, or you know, clever enough to be in gold shares at the beginning of the year, I think a fairly good time to start rotating and deploying the, the, the capital into other sectors, be it miners or uh, domestic equities. Yeah. On that note, Grant, um, is it telling that the gold shares actually came off today, even though at one point the gold price did um, hit a record? Yeah, I think it's gold is incredibly volatile. It does tend to trade like this. It, where it goes from here, it's, it's hard to tell. I mean, if you look... If you go and speak to a technical analyst, they'll tell you gold is forming the most bullish pattern, uh, breaking out to all-time highs potentially, et cetera, et cetera. And on that view, you could buy it. Um, if you think it's fundamentally a hedge against geopolitical risk, you could argue that, you know, you need to hold on to some. But I think if you, you know, you need to bear in mind the volatility, as Rowan said, if it has, if you've been holding it, you could do worse than taking some profits here with a likely chance that you'll get another chance to buy it lower. You know, gold does give you a few chances, uh, and we're seeing that again today. So I don't think gold's coming off uh, unexpectedly. Last week was we had, it did all the it had the nice move last month. It was one of the best sectors. Hmm. So it's it's typically hard trades. Yeah. Okay. 
uh, and well done to anyone who actually bought a gold share at the start of the year and held on, uh, more importantly. Yes. Okay, so if we're talking about taking profits, if you sent us a question about two uh, shares in very different sectors, one is NASPOS, the other is Advertech. So on the first, being Advertech, he says, it's up 30% year to date and 40% from this year's lows. Uh, it is, however, at record highs. Is it time to go get out? Four question marks, but if so, where to deploy the capital? I suppose that's the other conundrum. Um, Rowan, if I may start with you, uh, would you sell out yeah. of Advertech if you'd managed to, to hang on to its, its rally this year? Um, and if so, yeah, where would you put that cash? Yeah, we've liked Advertech for a long time, and it has um, actually been one of the few uh, growth stories. I mean, it had sort of sort of bumps along the way, but uh, share is doing incredibly well. The profitability has been very strong, and uh, the valuation is improving. So that's uh, all quite positive. Uh, they did also announce uh, uh, appointment of um, Roy Douglas. Uh, uh, Jeff White is replacing him. So uh, that's quite positive. Uh, I think, I mean, if you're a bull, you can continue to hold. Uh, if you're a bull of uh, private education and uh, backing the management team, I think it still has legs. If you were to uh, rotate it into something else, Curro would be your natural choice or Stadio, just in terms of staying in the education sector, uh, but moving into a different stock, which maybe you know, has more upside from, from these levels. Alternatively, there are quite a few well-run sort of mid-cap stocks, uh, strong management teams, one that comes uh, to mind, something I've mentioned in the past, Carp Agree. Uh, it's not exactly in the same sector, but maybe broader South African sort of consumer. They're actually more of a speciality retailer than an agri-retailer. Yeah. Uh, so you pick up those uh, trends, that's on a P of about five. So maybe you're going from 12 to five, you see sort of a, a new doubling there. I think you have to look quite carefully uh, yeah. But I would stay sort of small cap industrial if I were to to rotate. Okay, um, Grant, what would you do? And sorry, we had the chart up of Naspass, which is a viewer second question. But hopefully, we can get the Advertech share price so you can see what's happened this year. What would you do at this point if you'd had those shares? Yeah, I mean, I th we've also liked Advertech. I think they're performing really well, and they've led the way with regard to you know maximizing cash generation and and not just capex at all costs, which I think was the road that Curro travelled. Uh, but they've pulled themselves together, Curro that is, and they potentially are a good viable alternative. As good as Advertech is, and I love the structural trends they're playing in, it is, it, to me it looks a little bit stretched here on valuation. If you're taking a five-year view, I think you can sit tight and hold it. I think they'll they'll earn their way through the valuation eventually. Um, but in the nearer term, it, it's starting to look quite full. So perhaps um, you know decide what your sort of time frame is. Maybe take something off the table and look for something cheaper. But fundamentally, great company run operating very well. And it's difficult to sell out completely out of a good business because you sometimes find you never buy back and yeah. you end up missing out on a good long-term story. So from a private investor's portfolio perspective, I would always say perhaps sell some, maybe not sell all mm -hmm. uh, if it's a good company and try and keep that core holding in there. Okay. Uh, and then what about NASPAS? What would you do there? So uh, the viewer says it's up 28% year to date. It'll be going ex-dividend on the 6th of December. I still like tech, more specifically Chinese tech. Is the logical trade then to sell NASPAS and buy Process or Baidu? Um, Rowan, going back to you. Mm. Yeah, so we've also liked uh, NASPAS recently. I think uh, the narrative there has changed quite considerably. I think there was a period where uh, investors in the market were quite frustrated because... Uh, 
the potential to unlock value was there, but the company wasn't taking the right steps. Now I would say the opposite is true. Uh, the potential to unlock value is there and they're taking advantage of it. We've seen a change in leadership. We've seen a change in strategy. Uh, the focus buyback program has been quite successful. I think they've bought back already 15% of the free float. So that is very significant. It's ongoing. As the viewer says, China tech is uh, attractive, I think, at these levels from a valuation perspective. My simple answer would be just to hold for the, the medium term for the value uh, unlock. And I think uh, NASPERS or process remains actually the cheapest entry point into China tech. Hmm. Uh, being at the discount to the 10 cent stake and uh, might one and, and a few other assets. Hmm. So uh, that would, I would say, hold. It's still got uh, quite a bit of legs, hmm. even though it's uh, started to, to rewrite. Okay. Grant, you're nodding there. Um, would you be in hmm. agreement? Yeah, I agree with Ryan completely. I think there's, there's, more, there's more to unfold here. They're, they're finally unlocking value in a significant way that matters. So at worst, you're getting 10 cent, which is by far the dominant asset. It's still more than 100% of the, the value of the share. And at best, you're getting a discount that can close without any additional risk. Because if they're successful at this value unlock strategy, which they started to get some traction on, you could see some of that discount close. And then you're getting that extra return over and above 10 cents performance. So I would hold it. I don't think it's expensive. I think on 10 cent alone, I would hold it. Uh, plus, you've got the other opportunities uh, of realizing value there from from them, yeah, from the company itself. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then moving on to African Rainbow Capital Investments, um, and the viewer says uh, it announced a 750 million rand rights offer um, at five rand a share. However, the shares of Ark Investments traded today between four and ninety and four and seventy eight. So it seems to me it doesn't make sense for investors to take up their rights and participate in the rights offer. What am I missing here? Grant, just staying with you. Um, yeah, what are we missing if it's trading below the value uh, yeah. at which it's going to uh, issue more shares? I mean, yeah, excellent question. I think this is the market's way of saying they're not happy with the with this proposal. And if you recall, there's been a number of times this management team has talked about buying the shares back and delisting because of the discount to NAV. And now they want to do a rights issue at a significant discount to that same NAV of nine rand plus that they've had. Eleven rand. Um, <laughs> You know, I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't think, I, I don't, you know, I don't like the rationale. I don't think they've got a good track record of creating value and making smart acquisitions with a clear investments um, strategy um, and monetization strategy. So I would also, you might find it's, it's shareholders exiting. I'm not mm. sure what the rationale for the discount is, but it's clear that the market is not happy with with another issue of shares. And of course, there'll be a nice management fee attached to that capital price, likely. Yeah, although they uh, they were quite sort of defensive about that, um, it didn't sound like mm -hmm. it. I mean, uh, Rowan, wh what do you make of it? And and they've said that they think maybe going to the market was a mistake. Um, uh, but yes, and and uh, you know why why raise capital if you're going to delist? I asked them that question. They said that for two separate functions. Do you think that's a fair answer? Yeah, it has been quite a sort of convoluted uh, situation. I think you're getting this kind of dissonance between what management thinks that the uh, underlying portfolio is worth and uh, valuing it accordingly and then what the market places on the uh, shares. Um, and uh, I guess a level of frustration from management. I think what they're trying to signal is that they see value in the portfolio and uh, a certain group of shareholders. So the NAV is 11 
the rights issue is at a discount to that. So it's still a good deal, notwithstanding that you can buy the shares more cheaply. It's sort of a vote of confidence and to sort of uh, yeah, bolster the capital. Uh, so I think it's quite a select group of investors that are likely to, to participate. Um, but I guess the, the, the fund manager is saying our, our job is to manage the portfolio. Uh, and raise capital in an appropriate uh, manner for the portfolio. I guess it does beg the question, is a um, listed vehicle the right vehicle for private equity assets? Mm. Because we see this with other sort of private equity holding companies, similar kind of discounts, and uh, which sort of just leads to frustration uh, and, and sort of confusion almost by investors. So um, I guess you'd have to see how it plays out. Ultimately, the, you know, the, the valuation should bear out in terms of the underlying portfolio. Uh, but I think, yeah, uh, individual investors uh, yeah, may do well. If you believe it, just buy the share, I guess, mm. uh, would be the simple answer uh, instead of uh, yeah, subscribing for, for rights. Um, then there's a question on the capital appreciation inter interims. I have to confess that the, the set of interims that I didn't read today um, Rowan, did you look at them and what did you make of them? Uh, we did, yeah. So what we have seen is uh, in the lead up to these results, so the shares corrected uh, quite significantly. They came up with sort of an uh, update and then uh, actual trading update. So uh, I guess the, the overall, the, the, the underlying performance was reasonably good, but the HEPs went backwards, I guess, depending which number you look at, about by 7%. It was sort of considered to be a, a growth company, um, software and uh, payments in particular. So two nice uh, niches that it's in. Uh, to some extent, they have sort of embarked on an expansion program and some of those uh, investments haven't paid off yet uh, in this half, but they expect them to pay off in, in the second half. So it could be a good entry point. We have uh, been interested in the company and it looks quite reasonable at these levels. They've got about a third of their market cap in cash. So uh, that makes it quite attractive. Again, it's actually another of these investment companies that is sort of trading. It looks like less than the sum of its parts. So, mm. uh, but they have, a, I think, a clear strategy of, of, of building a business and a good management team, strong management team. They've got a, a reasonable track record of a deploying capital in the areas that they focused in. So uh, I think they will do better in age two and it's sort of a pause in their growth trajectory. So possibly an interesting uh, entry point here. Okay. Grant, do you follow them closely at all? Uh, I used to. They're a bit small for us in terms of investable uh, equity, but but I certainly like the company. I agree with Rowan. I like the management. I like the strategy. And they're actually quite successful in their two niches. Um, and they have a lot of cash. It's a cash generative business. It's not trading too expensively. I think times are tough. They've been feeling the pinch of inflation in terms of their cost management. You know, I do think this is one you put in the bottom drawer and you, you'd be pleasantly surprised in a few years' time what, what they deliver. But again, you know, it's a small cap. You obviously allocate accordingly. Don't, you know, don't pile in. <laughs> okay. Don't stick it all in there. Um, then uh, there's a question on Brookfield Corporation. Um so, Rowan, I think it's directed at you. I don't know if this is a share that you're familiar with. Um, I've not heard of this company before, I confess. So, can you enlighten us? Sure. Or can anyone enlighten us? Grant. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's the Canadian Infrastructure Investment Fund. Um, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a significant, it's a very large company, if it is the one I'm thinking of. 
It's like the Canadian Warren Buffett is the reputation this guy has. Um, okay. They invest in infrastructure globally. I don't know more than that other than if it is the, that company, it's a high, it's highly rated, it's regarded as very high quality, uh, a very good business. I can't comment on price and valuation, etc. But they're playing in infrastructure, which is a which is a very robust sector and, and in terms of, you know, driving long-term steady returns, it's, it's a good place to be. Hmm. Rowan, do you have anything further to add there? No, yeah, the name is familiar, but I'd have to uh, you know, look up my notes and, uh, yeah, we'll go with uh, Grant's uh, assessment. Maybe just to, just to add on to this, I mean, infrastructure investments, are they, are you buying these because you're, you're sort of fairly guaranteed of a yield, um, you know, the, the investment in like a, a concession in a toll road, for example, you know, you, you know what you're going to get out and then you're getting that and it probably increases it, maybe inflation, and you're getting it in a hard currency. Would that be the theoretical underpinning to or the, the thesis behind something like this? Yeah, I think so. So what uh, you, I guess it's uh, utility-like in its returns, as you sort of have described. Um, I guess to some extent, uh, it is a yielding asset uh, like REITs or property uh, would have similar characteristics. And I guess if you believe that we are at the peak of the um, interest rate cycle and uh, we're going to see that uh, coming down, if it has sort of bond-like properties, uh, then it should actually appreciate uh, more than the yield. Uh, you'd get capital appreciation as well. So that may be a reason that it is an interesting entry point uh, for these yielding kind of assets. If it's got quality uh, and, uh, yeah, strong commitments uh, from uh, whichever sort of its uh, uh, renters are or investors are, um, and, uh, you, you, yeah, you get a double whammy at this point in the cycle. So it, it could be something that is quite interesting. Yeah. Grant, you're nodding, you're nodding along. I don't know if there's anything further you want to add there. No, no, I think Rowan summarised the okay. sort of thinking around it quite nicely. Okay. Then on Bidvest, um, uh, the question is, in spite of the sharp drop in its share price, is Bidvest still a hold or is Bidcorp a better deal? Um, Grant, staying on you. I think Bidvest is, is a hold, certainly. Uh, again, it's a high-quality business. You, you know, if, you, if you're a long-term investor, you, you shouldn't see these short-term volatility these things are actually opportunity not not a not something to be concerned about as long as the company is fundamentally robust and there's nothing happening there that you're concerned about which is is exactly the case right now the, the operationally they sound um they're still moving you know in the right direction but they probably ran ahead of themselves in terms of they over earned a little bit on the renewables and the freight um and so the market got a bit excited it's had mm. about a 20 percent pullback uh, and I think it's looking attractive again. If anything, I would start nibbling here. Mm. Uh, whereas Bitcorp, fantastic business, nice rand hedge component. Uh, it's I don't think it's cheap, uh, and it's not as going to grow at the same rate as as Bitvest, but it, it offers a different sort of uh, quality cash generative sort of niche. Uh, it's it's Bitvest is SA predominantly, and Bitcorp is global. Yeah. So you're getting two different things out of these two companies. Yeah. Uh, Rowan, and obviously two different industries. <laughs> yeah, uh, having so having said that, um, yeah, would you agree with Grant that actually this is an opportunity to buy Bidvest? Um, would you be buying Bidcorp at all, or do you think it's too pricey because it it really has had an, uh, a very good year? Yeah, it's it's quite a good choice as uh, sort of Grant has painted between a global food services businesses that's uh, predominantly a rand hedge 
and then a um, largely services business that's focused on on South Africa to some extent the UK and and Australasia. Uh, so. If you like the prospects for South Africa, if South African stocks are going forward, and it's really on valuation grounds and uh, an improvement in load shedding, although that yeah, has a little bit of negative drawbacks for Bitvest just in terms of the, the renewable side. But more generally, I think um, you would be backing a South African equity. I think Bitvest at this point is quite interesting. Uh, or you want to diversify, move away from the South African economy, then Bitcorp would be the right uh, uh, stock to go for. Uh, personally, we like South African equities here. We think they'll do better next year. Uh, peak interest rate cycle, uh, economic growth will pick up from here. Load shedding will abate to some extent. I think the, the issues of Transnet will also be resolved uh, in a reasonable span of time. But this may benefit from privatization uh, and partnership in some of those assets. It's fairly well positioned. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, we would say we more SA bulls at this level and then okay. we would uh, back Bitvest. Uh, okay, just one quick question from me before I get to your stock picks. Uh, I haven't had any viewers asking about NAMPAC today, which came out with results, which were horrible. <laughs> A four billion rand loss. Um, you know, they took impairments, currency losses. And then the revelation, I mean, well, it was, you know, the revelation that on the debt, I'm um, sorry, on the equity that they raised earlier, they paid 335 million rand in fees. I mean, that's just uh, unbelievable. But I suppose that's what happens when you're over a barrel. Um, uh, just a quick comment on, on NAMPAC from, from both of you. Grant, um, would, you, would you be interested in backing NAMPAC uh, as a... As a uh, <laughs> so, no, it's one that I've said a couple of times even on this show that I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy, I wouldn't own it. Perhaps the balance sheet's been repaired now. Um, they probably had to pay a lot of underwriting fees for that rights issue. And uh, I think, you know, for those who are brave, you can you can dabble there. There's always money to be made on a turnaround or recovery play, but it comes with a risk attached. And uh, I don't have a clear view of their strategy for recovery. This has been a losing story, a recovery story for about eight years now, from what I can recall. So mm. unless I can see a clear demonstration that they're turning the business around, I would leave it alone. Yeah. Rowan, very quickly from you, same view. Uh, yeah, I think they are cleaning house and uh, big bath approach uh, and taking the big impairments that they need to. Um, one comment I did see that was sort of a take on, on uh, aluminum cans that they are positive from a renewables perspective because they're very recyclable and they will uh, get further traction. So that was sort of a kind of bullish outlook. Uh, but it is a tricky investment case. You'd really need to do your homework. Yeah, okay. So, Rowan, sticking with you, what's your stock pick this evening? So, we're choosing uh, APSA, so along the theme of sort of uh, a better outcome next year for the South African economy and, I guess, South African equities. Uh, APSA's actually underperformed the rest of the banks uh, quite significantly. It looks really cheap on, on its various uh, valuation metrics, both the PE and dividend yield. Um, we think that, uh, yeah, they won't be overly sort of uh, cyclically uh, impacted by uh, rates coming down too quickly in the endowment effect. And uh, we rather see, yeah, I guess, an improvement in uh, the outlook for, for equities. And it's, it's a cheap uh, stock and uh, in, a, in a strong market position. So we see it uh, uh, from these levels uh, performing fairly well. Okay, great. Uh, Grant, how about you? My stock pick was Bidvest. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. it, was, it was easy to answer earlier. Um, you know, it's, it's had a good 20% uh, pullback from its um, uh, highs in August. 
And and I think we we share the view that the the outlook for South Africa, you know, things on average will be better next year and 12 months from now than they are now. Whether it's load shedding, whether it's uh, post elections, whether it's interest rates, inflation, etc. And and so broadly speaking, the SA economies should see some sort of value unlock, if you like, with improving sentiment and flows. And Bitvest is very well placed in every nook and cranny of this economy. Hmm. Plus the ancillary benefits of, they do benefit from load shedding currently, the renewable section of the business is doing tremendously well. And so that if, if load shedding's worse and Transnet's worse, their freight has been benefiting, their renewables hmm. has been benefiting. So you've got a little bit of a, a bad outcome hedge there, yeah. um, but really are good operators, presenting a, a good entry point below, you know, a decent multiple for the first time in a while. So, yeah, that would be my pick. Okay. Jane, thanks very much. We'll leave it there. Thank you uh, for your insight this evening. Nice to chat to you both. Uh, Grant Nader is from Benguela Global Fund Managers and Rowan Williams is from Nitrogen Fund Managers. Coming up next to the close, stay with us. <laughs>